Blog Talk Radio. You know that I got it Anytime you desire Hustle always ain't stopping We live with that ending fire Fire Get it straight to the point No chaser No false facts and no faker Cast the wrong your way That touched upon this 
in the past how the show's been, you know, booked until January since like June of this year. So, and then we have a waiting list too. So uh, beginning next month, the second Tuesday in November, so that's like the 13th, I believe, Indie Fire will have a second, um, okay, uh, and um, they got to go hand in hand too. Second, I guess, what's call it, like broadcasting on the second night of Indie Fire, which will be Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I'm excited about that because that's, that's also booked until January. So I've been a little busy, just a little bit. I did. I did. Yeah. What's going on, like, in the world, like, right now? Like, what's big? That's not, like, hip-hop. Uh, what's big? We, we know what's, what's going on. I'm just deciding if we're going to wait till Saturday or you want to do it today or you want to do it today and Saturday. We could do it but today and Saturday. You know, I do want to say uh, happy birthday. To Sam, Cardi B, her birthday is today. So, uh, happy birthday oh, to you. Yeah. Yes. Your birthday yes. birthday Yes. What do you say? Her birthday is on the 10th? Her birthday on the 10th? No, today's the 11th, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, today's the okay. 11th. Yeah. Yeah, so happy birthday. Did you happen to catch her on the AMAs last night? No, I did not. I didn't even know it came on. Tuesday night? Actually, Tuesday so night? Today. Yeah. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Yeah. Yep. Awesome performance. I think pretty much everybody that I saw perform after the fact, because, you know, I don't have time to just sit down and watch anything. Everybody, uh, it was, the show was, the show was very good, the act that I saw and every every act that I read about. So on Saturday, we'll most definitely talk about the AMAs and run down who uh, the winners were for this year. Some pretty odd winners again, but uh, we'll talk about that on Saturday. And yeah, I think that's best. Uh, uh, that um, like Nico's uh, won best pop group. Like I thought that was actually pretty dope. So, I mean, it just yeah, it just I think simple, that was like how only, far hip hop has yeah, but that was the only category for, like, uh, a group anyway. So, oh. I, I, like, I don't consider no – who else is out there right now? Um, damn, that 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 poses a very great question. Who, what other group is out there? Um, shit, I think it may actually only be them. Like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, some other groups. Like, as far as hip-hop, they're the only group that, like, comes to mind. I'm pretty sure it's, like, some, right. some underground group that's probably getting busy, but they're the only ones that come to mind. But I need to still find out who, like, they was up against, because even in that category, I mean, like, Maroon 5 would probably be in that category, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I need to see who else they were up against, uh, but so one thing I do want to mention about the Migos is Takeoff wasn't at this, this awards show or whatever the last award show was. And so everybody thought or is thinking, or you know how you know how people are when they start running their mouths yeah. and don't know nothing, that, you know, the group was disbanding, especially with Offset doing so many, uh, you know, collaborations with artists. And then on tomorrow, oh, yeah, tomorrow's the 12th. So on tomorrow, Quavo's solo project drops. And really? So people are speculating. Yeah, tomorrow. So uh, okay. That you know, the group was you know breaking up. Well, if that's not what's going on, Takeoff is actually working on his solo project. So what they're all doing is they're gonna have a solo project, each one of them. But you know, the group is still the group. So I'm I'm interested to see what Takeoff does. You know, he the one got left. Which one are you interested in? What you mean interested? (laughs) Like which one are you most interested in? Like out of the three, Quavo. But I, I ought to punch him in his damn neck, him and Saweetie, right now. I, I, I don't. I'm not feeling that. I'm not really feeling that. So I was in my, you know, they was all booed up at the awards show. I was really in my feelings, but um, I, damn it, I said um, but like takeoff. I feel just in listening to his verses, and my daughter quick to point that out. Like he has a lot of strong 
you know, you wouldn't think he would be so strong on his verses, but uh, I still take him as a joke because of, you know, Joe Button and Bad and Boozy. I swear. <laughs> Every time I think of Takeoff, that's all I can think about now. He got left <laughs> off, you know, he got left off Bad and Boozy, so. Yeah, you actually the best yeah, rapper. Yeah, I, I really want to. What are you saying? I, said, I think he's the best rapper in the group. Like, yeah, my daughter says the same thing. Yeah, so I think Quavo the best artist in the group. Yeah. And then it looks like Offset is going to turn out to be the best, you know, model because, you know, that's what he's doing. He's doing his right. modeling thing right now. So, but I, I definitely don't want to talk about uh, <laughs> our guest said that Offset was the best rapper. <laughs> I definitely don't want to waste time talking about you know, them and where they are and what they're doing, like, in their lives, you know. Cause right. We have a, you know, with us tonight who, and I want to backtrack just a little bit. This artist was actually okay. supposed to appear on the show back in August. And, uh, you know, it happens a lot when you're in different time zones and you don't specify. Like, I always used to specify, you know, oh, you're on the West Coast, so that's going to be, like, 4 o'clock for you, you know, or is it three? It's one of them. It's three o'clock. So right. I used to specify that. Well, <laughs> we're going to talk about that some more. The Migos. But I used to specify, you know, okay, so that's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 3 p.m. You know, Pacific Standard Time. Well, my assistant doesn't do that. He just puts it out there, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and, and that means that you need to know that that's Eastern Standard Time, and you need to figure that shit out for yourself. So what happened was our our guest tonight, like I said, he was supposed to appear in August, and he was on his time, which was an hour behind us. So he was here on time, but it was the wrong time. You know, he showed up at 8 p.m. when he should have been here at 7 p.m. And uh, like we do, you know, we talk shit about him, you know, because we felt like that. you all know the story. You know, you got an interview, that's your interview, you need to be there on time. Well, so... Well, most people, you know, they talk shit about us when they flake on us. You know, it's our fault because they weren't here. But he actually called in to he said he said on that Saturday to let us know what happened. You know, and he was mad apologetic because that's, that was, you know, an oversight on his his part. And so I don't know if we, we publicly issued an apology to him. Because I, don't, I don't think he probably heard unless he listened later because, you know, we did remove that episode. But. You know, that it is what it is, you know. So I want to take the time and the opportunity to say, you know, we talked about that after the fact, after he's disconnected, that, you know, that took a lot out of him. You know, because most people would have stepped back and just been like, you know what, like it, you know. But he called in and he humbly apologized for something that we all, you know, we all could have made that error. So I'm glad that mm-hmm. we had the opportunity to bring him back. And we did have somebody who had to schedule, you know, scheduling conflict. So we were able to bring him back, you know, and it didn't conflict with his schedule. So I'm really glad that he was able, you know, to be back here with us tonight. And I don't want to keep talking about him without really telling you about him, all right? So so I don't know if you ever Googled the word trill, right? T-R-I-L-L. A trill is someone or something that is simply too real. This is a verb that is very accurate in describing this American-born Hebrew-Israelite music recording artist. He was born Willie Harp, with an E, also known as Trill Will, and he's from, uh, I don't know, I'll probably mess this up, he's either Dillon or Dillon, Florida. He was born in 1990, I'm sorry, 1982 at the Dillon or Dillon, Florida Hospital. He has attained a locally famous, nationally known status and has continued to show progression to becoming one of the greatest artists of all time. Trill Will is an artist, a producer, and professional songwriter with a combination that has worked with many major and up-and-coming artists. He even has a clothing brand that amplifies the hustle and entrepreneurial and executive mindset of many successful men and women called Black Executive Triad. Now, they not only are a clothing line, but they're a movement. Still World is also a revolutionary for social and political change. His goal is to become the change he wishes to see in the world and which is a powerful statement of leading by example and not just words. Still World is a breath of fresh air, seamlessly blending inspirational spoken word with trap, 
and club music influenced by Outkast, Rick Ross, Drake, and Kevin Gates. Within house production by King Kong Beat and RJ Illa of In the Lab Recordings and Mutt the Producer. He states that the revolution will be televised. Black Rock Executive Kayak. Yeah, she's laying to the ACL. Yeah. Celebrity DJ YG in the big up building. Badass Becky. Real Will. Man, she's ready to go. Who is she? She's the wobble on my. Too familiar. She's the wobble on my. Wiggy, 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 wiggy. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. Hundreds of fifties in cash, baby she get to the bag, and when she get to the bag, stuff all the money get bags. Give her a show on the app, she download a hundred day, they download a hundred k, she spend it on fashion nova. Yes sir, rich rolling, she see them other girls trolling. Twenty grand on the first day, Instagram on the first day, baby she invented a stalker. Hundred twenty k follow. Poles on the gym clothes, take off from the shrimp pole, drove off with the pole limpets, she talked that she gon' finish, no business like hoping, no business like soaping, on a Lambo she go get it, put her money on the floor with it, can't sleep on a go get it, get her own dough with her own business. Your chick, she look familiar, yeah, she used to wobble on my, too familiar, she used to wobble on my, wiggy, wiggy. Because I'm too white. Too he drop a fast white. muscle car, rally two stripes. They go skirt, skirt, broom, ooh, two pipes. Uh-huh. He see me iced out, so he wanna pipe he now. Wanna pipe he now. Me shopping, got his switch, he wanna fight they now. Wanna fight I used to wobble on his it's when he was iced when he out. Was he blew out. a check and now I'm shining like a lighthouse. Bling loud. loud. If I'm loud. off a checking ball, then he's just a little neck involved. Yeah. On this one, you bitch, I evolved. Wreck shit like a wrecking ball. She don't want me to pull up. I'm gonna make the pull. Entertainment, which is Webby's brother, older brother, and uh, we were closely affiliated with the Shrill fam. I'm very familiar with the Shrill family, uh, Shirley and T. Uh, you know, basically it came from from them, from that from that side. People always used to tell me I kind of rap like I'm from Texas, even though I'm not from Texas. I'm from Florida, D-Land, Florida, you know. But uh, that's just basically it, man, and I just, that's how I live. I always show people how it is, whether they like it or not. And if I fucked up, I, fu- I fucked up, you know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, act like I didn't do it. So I just keep it too real, 
you know, one way or another, whether it's for my benefit or it's not, you know. There you have it. Trill is someone or something that is too real, and he is most definitely too real. How did you get your start in, in this industry? Did you come from a musical family? Did you have a passion in high school? You know, have you been doing this since birth? Like, where did, where did all of this start for you? Um, honestly, I grew up in a household where music was very influential. My dad was a business manager. I had a business manager, excuse me, a music uh, artist and group manager. And I grew up watching him with his bands and his different uh, artists and so on and so forth. He actually had uh, a hand in, I don't know if you remember, the 69 Boys, the Butterfly, or yeah. the Tizzy Roll. You know what I'm saying? That's a new dance they named it. But uh, he actually had something to do with that. And, you know, just seeing him growing up, and I always loved music, you know what I'm saying? My first musical inspiration was Michael Jackson because I just wanted to be like him because I just knew that I could do what he was doing. You know, and that just was how I started. Then my voice changed, and the next thing you know, I was like, well, I can't sing no more, so I guess I got to figure something else out. <laughs> so I started listening to hip-hop music more heavily, you know what I'm saying? Uh, some of my older influences like Rakim and Nas, and these are the older influences, Method Man, you know what I'm saying? So on and so forth, yeah. um, you know, so that's basically it. Like, with your dad being a business manager, um, what made you decide to stick primarily with music instead of just going the business route like him? Well, like I said, he was a, he was a business manager in the music field, so he was conducting uh, people's business uh, in the music field. So uh, it was all closely related. And between that and growing up in the church, he played he played the drums. I ended up playing the drums at the age of five. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so music was always in the infrastructure. My dad's an ex-military. Uh, my mom's a church mother. I mean, you know, the one that caught the money at the end of the service, you understand me? So, like, that's just, <laughs> that's just how I was raised. Music was just part of the the, uh, the the culture, you know, that I grew up in. Okay. So, um, how did you come up with your sound? Like, um, like the track we heard, the first that track we heard, it was more of a, a beat track. Like, um, what exactly inspires your sound when you're ready to create music? Honestly, it's the, it's the instrumental. The instrumental talks to me. Whatever the instrumental is telling me that it needs to go on there, I just put it down. That's it. I mean, you'll notice that if she plays another track, you'll notice that my style completely changes depending on what track it is, you know, and that's just me being flexible and uh, formlessness, having that formlessness of being able to use that 48th law of power, you know, where I can just adapt to whatever the environment is at the time. You know, speaking of the beat, you know. How would you describe your musical style? I would have to say conscious trap. You know what I'm saying? Like that song, that particular song you just played, that's just not, that's more like for the strip clubs and stuff. But most of my stuff you can hear the, I think the term they're using now is a woke, woke. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can hear the, the wokeness in, in, my, in my music, in my lyrics in a lot of my uh, records, if you actually listen. But those people who are not looking for that, they're not going to find those jewels, you know? So. Now, you know, everybody's a critic when it comes to music, especially if it's something that they, they don't like. What's the biggest misconception that you feel um, that people have about your genre of music or your style of music? What's the, excuse, uh, what's the question again? What's the biggest misconception people who listen to your music um, have about your genre or your style of music? Um, that that just because the song is on a trap beat, that it means it's about uh, all, only about material things and only about women and only about, you know, because I have about other things as well. You know, I usually try to tie it into some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of reality. Um, a lot of people they just listen to the beats and other music, and they don't really listen to the actual words. That's something that has we've gotten away from as a whole. I can't say everybody, but as a whole, the majority of people have gotten out of dissecting lyrics because of today a lot of music does not have anything to dissect. But my music okay. is not that. That's not the case. So you know, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. So um. 
to go back a little bit, I noticed that um you mentioned Michael Jackson, Rakim, um, were a couple of names you threw out um of artists who influenced you. But um if there's a particular artist, which artist influenced the way you approach music the most? Like right now, like today, or like when I started, because it's different. Um, just, well, let me hear both. Um, what about when you first started? Who influenced influenced your approach to music first, and then who influenced you the most today? Well, I mean, probably when I was younger, like I said, I mentioned Michael Jackson because that was the inspiration for me to want to perform, for me to want to be in front of a crowd of people. Uh, but as far as like hip hop and rap, uh, I probably got to say Snoop Dogg only because. It was such a, it was the first time I seen white people listening to hip-hop music was when Snoop came out with that Bow Wow Wow, UPO, UPA. You know, that was a transcendent yeah. song that kind of showed me that, you know, you can bring in all cultures and walks of life uh, through this music form. And today, I probably have to say, I probably throw three people out there. Probably, uh, probably Ross, Kevin Gates, and Drake, they probably influenced me the most today. And what do you take away from Raw? Because um, I, I heard the guest last week, he mentioned that he was a big Rick Ross fan when we spoke to him. So what is it about Raw that speaks to you that you take away from Um, Just just being able to 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 narrate to narrate what I have been through without without glorifying it per se. You know what I'm saying? Also, by tying it in with lyricism and basically making catchy songs that you can be lyrical on. Because a lot of times, people think that because you're uh, lyrical, you can't make a catchy song. This is not the case. You might have to tweak it a little bit or, as they say, dumb it down. But that's what I learned from Ross. I took from Ross just being able to <clears throat> being able to tell my story in a lyrical way, to have it be on a, a, a actual popular sound that people will vibe to. You know, because Rick Ross talks about some real heavy and serious stuff. Even though some of his uh, bigger records, you know, he talks about some stuff if you're listening for that. Um, that's basically what I took from him. You know, just that element of being able to create popular music without making it uh, generic, if it is, without, without making it uh, feel not personal. You know what I'm saying? Because he has a way of personalizing his music. When he hears a song from Ross, you're like, man, he's really giving it to you from his perspective. He's not, there's not a whole lot. He has these generic songs, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, you know, uh, that's, that's basically what I got out of him from him for real. How, how is the music different from when you first started out? Uh, well, when I first started out, I, I, first, I saw my first independent uh, contract on uh, uh, a local label uh, in Orlando around 2001. Uh, my dad, he's the one who arranged that for me. Uh, shout out to Clutch and NTK Records. I don't even know if they're still doing music, but, uh, you know, around 2001. And what I basically was doing then was I was just rhyming words, you know. I was trying to, I had a message, you know, that I was trying to get out there, but I really wasn't, I was un, unlearned. And then the music in general, uh, you know, music has changed so much since then. Uh, and it really has... Uh, I think that I think that basically in long story short, I just was unsharpened. I didn't have I wasn't I wasn't my iron was not sharpened all the way, you know, uh, my blade wasn't sharpened all the way. So that's my main difference. But in contrast with the music that was out then, I think the music that was out then, I was trying to I was trying to emulate what was already out. Is that if that makes sense? This is where I feel like a lot of people, artists, so-called artists or rappers, because there's a difference between a rapper and an artist. Uh, but I think a lot of so-called rappers uh, confuse that because they try to imitate or mimic what the current sound is without putting their own spin on it, not realizing that if you're listening to music that's out now, that that had to be at the minimum six to eight months previous to that when they actually came up with that. In other words, you already missed the boat. If you're rapping about or like somebody that's, that just dropped a project, you're six to eight months behind them because now you're trying to copycat what they got going on and they have, whether it's beats or lyrics or whatever, what's catchy, but you're trying to catch on to that wave, but that wave then they came and go. They're working on the next shit. 
they got their next album already done. You feel what I'm saying? Or finna get their next album cracking. So it's just a matter of right. just staying, staying current and understanding that if it's hot right now, it's not gonna stay hot for one, for two. That's from that wave was was recorded uh, up to a year ago. Sometimes longer than that. You know. So what's the songwriting process for you? Uh, do you use the beat first and then you write your lyrics, or do you write your lyrics and then jump on the beat? Um, well, you know, I just, I just last year in March, I came home from doing five years in prison. Uh, I had, uh, I wrote like 400 some songs while I was in prison. Uh, I did a lot of writing over other people's beats, but I would take those beats, those songs, and put them on different beats. So in that scenario, it would be. Uh, the lyrics first, but like since I've been home, definitely the beat, the beat curating and picking the correct beat is the difference between a win and a loss today when it comes to music, especially in the uh, microwave culture that we live in, where a song is hot for a couple of days and then people forget about it. Hello? Hello? So, <laughs> not sure what happened there. Um, yeah, me I know a lot of us, they, they, they have a name, and then, you know, they have their person that they are. Um, they got the stage name, but then they got their, you know, their birth name. Uh, within that stage name, though, some people might, you know, uh, one day I'm a little harder than I am, you know, tomorrow or yesterday, or do you find yourself in a super or alter-ego type mode at any time? Um, only time I really feel that way is when I go up to the booth. Um, I will say that there's definitely something, uh, a higher a higher power that's within me that definitely comes out when I'm in that booth. You know, because I can... I can rehearse a song however many times, and when I get in that booth, I might I might change the whole delivery on it based upon that uh, persona at that particular moment. Um, but that's really the only time. You know, any other time, I'm just trill. I mean, that's a trill word. That's that's something that had, that was with me before I even got any kind of recognition on the music level. You know, that that trill trill word. That's something that has come with me from basically from the streets, you know. So it's like, uh, you know, that, that's just who I am, you know. But when I'm in that booth, though, I definitely pull the Clark Kent in the Superman. It's a whole different vibe <laughs> for me. And do you feel like you're trading places, reality versus superficial? I'm sorry, what did you say? You feel like at, at any time when you step into the Superman mode that you're actually trading places uh, with what's realistic versus what's superficial? Uh, I'm going to say no, not really. Not really because it's just, it's just when I, when, what it really is is my higher self coming out when I'm in that booth. I'm tapped into the universe. When I go into the booth, I'm able to, there's been times where I've changed, you know, basically a whole song, you know, previously I might have went in thinking I'm going to do one song, and I get in there and I'm like, you know what, I ain't even feeling that. Because I, I, I rap based on the emotion of how I'm feeling or the feelings that I'm feeling at that particular moment, you know. So that's just me tapping into the universe or nature or nature, you know. That's, that's what that is, that's me tapping into the universe and really, uh, putting down what the universe is giving for me to put down versus what I personally want to put down. Gotcha. So talk about your track, uh, Trade Places. Uh, Trade Places, that song was inspired by uh, when I came home from prison, because I did five years in prison, I was I was doing some touring with Webby and, and, and everything in 2010 uh, and 11 and on into 2012. And, uh, you know, when I came, when I left 
people kind of forget about you. I have shot out of mind. So when I came home, people kind of like, you know, kind of disregarded me because I didn't have, I didn't have no money. I didn't have nothing. I have nothing. I had seven hundred dollars in my name when I came home. You know, so the, the same people that disregarded me once I got back established. They was trying to, you know, come back on board. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good because you ain't you ain't rocking with me when I ain't I ain't have it together, you know. So at the end of the day, and then that also plays into, you know, being around people who they're frenemies. They're your friend when it's convenient, but as soon as it's not convenient, they're your enemy. You know, they might be your friend to your face, but behind your back they're plotting on you. I've had a lot of those experiences. I've never seen a camp, a clique, or organization, or country for that matter, taken down from the outside. There's always been inside turmoil that causes it. So trading places is just addressing that. Hold on, I'm addressing that subject matter of what it's like to be the person that people want to trade places on, you know, or they might be plotting on you, you know, thinking that you don't understand the art of war. So shoot, you know, so... Well, I want to jump into that track right now. Um, it's trading places. So, um. Black, black executive triad. You hear me? Yes, sir. Truly young. Uh. BMF. Full Circle Music Group. Savage Life. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they wanna trade place. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they wanna trade place. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they wanna trade place. Don't need investigation. Couple million, couple million. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they wanna trade place. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they wanna trade place. I can feel it, I can feel it. Need no investigation. Couple million, couple million. Off this entertainment. Every time you hear my name, name, I know that you're feeling the stress. Always gotta worry. Worry who coming in next. All the war, start a war. Start a war with no strategy. Think it's all about you. Pharisees and the Sadducees. You think that you're going in. Going in with no battery. Divine mind, peace of mind. Equal in the paradise. Looking like a snake eyes. Rolling in the paradise. Like you wanna write a novel. Now I'm about saving your day. See the envy in their face. I'm making them give it away. Ever since 07. Chill have been feeling that way. Clue. Can't catch a bouquet wedding day. Black Liberace, Rocky Versace. You can't see me on YouTube. Nah. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they want to trade place. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they want to trade place. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they want to trade place. Don't need investigation. Couple million, couple million. I can feel it, I can feel it. Since young Cuba made it, join the army DT. DT is enumerated. Hibernated in for five years. Five years feeling rejuvenated. Born a savage, then I walked in the life. They ask me if I know about it, but I know about it because it's savage life. Gang, gang since 99. Foundation, but I put in work. Been grinding since 96. 12 on the ground. Not that, then you don't exist. Walking in with the pop chick. Pop chick on my wrist. Hillary Duff ain't talking money, I ain't heard enough. XM, go subscribe to my old hoes. Father's closet, you can grab in. Grow, grab on my old clothes. That pimp, you can snatch up. Snatch up on my old flow. With a kiss, she can end up. End up in my photo. Any minute, bitches end up. End up on Instagram. Not one with it, gotta get it, man. Blue. Can't catch a bouquet wedding day. Black Liberace, Rocket Versace, you can't see me on YouTube. I, I, I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they want to trade place. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they want to trade place. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they want to trade place. Don't need investigation. Couple million, couple million. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they want to trade place. I can feel it, I can feel it. Know they want to trade place. I can feel it, I can feel it. Need no investigation. Couple million, couple million. Off this entertainment. Yeah, that was true. We're trading places. You know, so um, what I want to take it is, um, 
I've noticed that you've been mentioning like the art of war, Sun Tzu, um, mentioning it a few times at this point. Um, what does that mean to you? How has that affected you? What does the art of war mean to me? Uh, yeah. The art of, for me, the art of war is the art of understanding that your only enemy is yourself. That is your worst enemy, and it's also your your best asset. And once you understand that, that internal struggle or that, that greater drive, the internal struggle to strive in your higher self versus lower self, then and only then can you accomplish anything and or overcome anything. Because if you are if you are if you are understanding that that what you're facing outside of you is merely a projection, a hologram, and you are the one that's projecting these things that you perceive to be outside of you. Once you understand that, once you get a grasp, a firm grasp of that war, that inner war, that struggle in your own mind, you know, carnal mind versus spiritual mind. Once you understand that, then then you can overcome anything because you understand that there's nothing outside of you that can oppose you. You are the only thing that can get in your way, period. And at what point in your life did you understand that and get to that point? Um, I had to say when I went to prison this last time for five years, you know, uh, I, I had an uh, a, a understanding of it on a slight degree. But but I had an understanding of it as far as with words I could explain it, but actually applying the application of it uh, this last time I went to prison because that was the battle that I fought. You know what I'm saying? Was it wasn't anybody else going against me? Nobody else. Nobody else could 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 mess with me because of who I was, how I carried myself. But I had to understand that any problem that I had was simply coming from myself. I I had been the author of my own destruction and, and, and the author of my own stumbling blocks. So as soon as I learned to get out of my own way, you know, which was in prison, because I, I had to figure out what what was in my way. I didn't understand that. I said, I said stuff like, you know, I'm in my own way, but understanding that, that it's my own habits and the, my people that I place myself around in the environment that I place myself in, that dictates where I'm going, you know what I'm saying? That dictates what habits I picked up. That dictates how I learn how to train myself. Because every day is a war. Every day is a battle. You know, people think of war and they think of guns and stuff. That's not the war that's at hand. The war, the real war that's at hand, is within your own self. That's why if you take the word government and you break it down to its etymology, it breaks down to govern, which comes from a Latin Greek word govern, which means control or modify. And then mint, which is an abbreviation for men mens or mens re or, or mental or mentalism or mind. So the government controls your mind. So so that's why it makes them so powerful because they learn how to control the minds of the masses or sheeple or sheep like people, you know, and to herd them. You know, so as soon as I really, 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 really realized that, you know, that's that's when it made a difference for me. So what was the difference, if there was any, the artist you were before you went to prison and the artist you were after you got released from prison? Or were they always the same person? Do you? Um, no, definitely not, because I wasn't the same person in general. I, honestly, the guy I was before I went to prison, I don't even, I don't even like that guy. Matter of fact, me and him, me and him are at, at odds because his mindset is focused on the wrong things, you know, which would be the carnal aspect of things. Or as they say, uh, sense gratification. You know, when you when you trying to fulfill, uh, uh, have you ever tried to 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 really uh, accomplish something, and then when you get it, you're like, okay, now I want something else. Now you want something else. It's never it's a never ending thing when you're talking about accomplishing physical things. So I had to understand that 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 can never be your goal is to get a physical item or a certain amount of money. Because at the end of the day, that's never going to be enough. When is when is too much enough? When is it enough? It's never enough, you know. So I had to change my whole viewpoint of what I was going after. As soon as I did that, then everything went well for me because I was no longer looking for those things. I was looking for inner peace, soundness, foundation within myself. You know what I'm saying? And that made all the difference in the world as the artist before 
you know, versus, uh, you know, who I am today, you know, when I came home from prison or whatever, whatnot. It's a big, big difference to me. As far as your music career, what is the ultimate end game for you? Like, what are you doing all of this for? Uh, my goal is to become the change that I want to see in the world. Now, what that means is I have, a, I have a, in my mind, I have a perfect picture of what I would like the industry to be. I can't make anybody make those changes. But what I can do is is actually reflect those changes in my actions. So my end goal is to have the industry become a place where people can actually come and be artists versus come and getting, uh, you know, getting their, uh, I don't want to say soul, but getting their, getting their spirit or their energy taken from them, you know, because that's what's happening. People are getting tricked. They're getting tricked, you know, with a couple couple million dollars and a couple thousand, so in some cases, and they're getting tricked into giving their whole essence of being, you know, for, for that. And I think that my end game is to basically show that you can do those things that you see people doing as far as being artists and being popular without going that far. You can't, you can do that. There are examples of that, but there's not many, you know, so that's, that's really my end game is just to show people that you can do this without uh, all the extra stuff. Let's put it like that. And so with that being your, your end game, so to speak, what would you say has been the highest point in your career thus far? Honestly, uh, I can't even answer that question. Um, just uh, the highest part of my career was understanding that the only person that can define my success is me. You know, and what I mean by that is I don't, I don't do this for recognition of other people. You know, I do this because I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, and that and that's the basic at the end of the day. That's that's it right there for me. I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm putting across the messages that I'm supposed to be putting across. You know, I'm happy with what I'm with myself because I can look in the mirror in the morning or at night and be like, well, you know, true, you did everything that you could do today to accomplish your mission and your goal. You know, and that and that's it basically. You know. A lot of people mentioned that, you know, they have obstacles, that they have had um, roadblocks, stumbling blocks. And it sounds like, to me, going to prison is what was the eye-opener for you. Would you say, like, your biggest barrier has always been yourself and having to overcome um, certain obstacles within self to get you at the level that you're at right now? Absolutely. That that's the only thing that's ever been in my way. I was confused. I thought that, you know, this person, oh, he's trying to hate on me. He's no, they're not it's not them. It's me. You know, it's definitely me. And and I have to say that, you know, that's an important uh component, uh, when you're talking about being successful. Understand just simply understanding that. That people are only a reflection of of yourself. So when you when you see somebody that you say doesn't like you or that they're hating on you, they're only really hating on you because you're giving them something to hate on. And then on top of that, when you when you understand that that they hated on the most famous person in the world, the guy they called Jesus, <laughs> they hated on him. So why would why would I feel like I would be any different? That they, if anything, that's a sign that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So. Yes, I, I was my own biggest roadblock and only roadblock because it's it's not it's not what happens to you, right? It's it's how you react to that problem. It's how you react to the situation, or are you reacting? Or are you being proactive? You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is what the real situation is. So, in your journey for change, what was the biggest sacrifice? you had to make to be the person and artist that you are now? Um, I, I, had to, I had to leave the streets alone, honestly. I had to stop doing those extracurricular things. You know, I still I still put uh, some of those narratives in my music, but I don't ever glorify them because that's something that I had to, I had to put that down in order to 
make it to the next degree, you know. Okay, and what is the what is the most fulfilling part about who you are now compared to who you were? Um, just being just being a role model for other artists, you know, and in, in the sense of, you know, this is this is how you should conduct yourself. This is how your business should be. This is how you know uh, you should set yourself up as a brand ambassador for yourself. Understanding that uh, giving people the information and uh, example of someone using their name as their brand. Understanding that 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 the music is not the product. You know, the understanding that it's me as an individual, my brand, my name, my my character, that's my product. The music is simply a byproduct of my product. You see what I'm saying? So that's basically in a nutshell. Okay. Uh, what I want to do is I want to get into the last song we have by you called It's a Go. So I'm going to go ahead and get that to the people. All right. Black Black Executive Triad. 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 Young. I got your up, but I don't want to talk. She my she my I in a they froze. Yeah, ran out with With all of my young they gon' blow. Put some bands on your head, years ago. I got your bitch up, so go. She wanna fuck, I don't want to talk. She's it's something she swallowed my soul. I put up in a three liter, they go. Got a they froze. They ran out with ya. Yo, all of my young they gon' blow. Put some bands on your head, years ago. Cali Love, San Diego, Boston, Georgia, San Diego, Long Beach City with palm trees, Philly from wood like a bad wood, no she don't love me, she act good, homeless and broke, she don't know her, now I got tripping, she owe me, picture perfect cause I'm really working, ride away baby, chili surfing, trying to stay till they really circle, Wi-Fi, call it chili service, small booty, get them titties working, Philly on it like a fitted jersey, money on my jersey, quarterback, fit it all like a fitted cap, spin it all, Philly, get it back, trap a get rich, trap a die trying, you are not it, Stop lying, magic carpet when it starts flying. Trillion hustle, never part time. Not a gang, I'm a clock nine. Stop trying, hot, stop trying. She wanna, but I don't want to talk. She swallowed my soul. I pull up in a three liter bago. Diamonds on me, you know they froze. Yeah, I ran out with ya. With all of my young they gon' blow. Put some bands on your head, years ago. I got your bitch up, don't go. She wanna, but I don't want to talk. She said, it's something she swallowed my soul. I pull up in a three liter bago. Diamonds on me, you know they froze. Go-to person, a mentor-type figure, the up-and-coming artist. 
uh, for someone who's listening to the show right now and they're just breaking out into the industry, what piece of advice would you offer them? Uh, my piece of advice I would offer them probably be like a two or three part uh, answer. But one, get your business together first, man. What I mean by that is go ahead and get your BMI situation together, your ASCAP publishing together. Go ahead and if you're getting beats up from, from YouTube, go ahead and pay them people, man, at least a beat or, or buy it or whatever the case may be. Um, and also uh, find you a team, man. And what I mean by that, I don't mean a team of yes, man. I mean a team of individuals who are going to let you know if you're doing the right thing or not. And those people who have specialized in certain areas to which you can get things accomplished. Because I went many years uh, trying to do everything myself. And I was only able to obtain a certain level of doing that. You know, and a lot of people think that, oh, I don't need nobody. I can just do me. And just, no, that's really not it. Oh, I can just upload it on Facebook and YouTube and it's just going to go. Yeah, but then what? You upload it to YouTube and then and then how is it going to be distributed to the different markets? You know, you can only share so much. You know, Facebook, especially with Facebook set up and Instagram set up, they partition your own followers to where only a small percentage of your own followers see your posts. So in order to get past that, you have to have people that you can put the music in their hands or put the project in their hands, whether it be a tour, a song, or, or actual EP or LP, you know, and actually have them place it into their market, you know. So you have to have people. You have to have manpower <laughs> at the end of the day. So that would be my advice. Yeah, sounds good. All right, well, we are at the tail end of the show, and this part we leave the floor to you to get all your shout-outs in, leave your contact information, anything you want to push, you can. The floor is yours. Do what you want with it. All right. Sure. First of all, I got to thank my business partner, man, Christopher Wills, Full Circle Music Group. Uh, you know, uh, he, he made an instrumental and everything. When I came up from prison, he had a website set up for me, so I want to thank him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Derek Johnson, Dave Marquise Johnson, a.k.a. Unit or Super Unit, which is Webby's brother. Uh, DJ YG, what's up? Uh, you know, uh, for doing all the things that we've been able to do together. Uh, AR, Kyrie Grisham, you know what I'm saying? Uh, hot Nose, the whole Hot Nose family. Cornbread, my, my, my partner Cornbread down in Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? Uh, some of my young artists, Cash Mob IP, AO the homie, and one of the upcoming uh, uh, artists, Bleak Badass. You know, uh, and go check me out, www.fcmg.us, www.fcmg.us, and that's my website. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram, at Israel at Israel. that's T-R-I-L-L-W-I-L-L-I-S-R-A-E-L, on Instagram and on Facebook, it's Trillwheel. Uh, Twitter is Trill, the real Trillwheel. With one hour at the end, and say, you know, just Google me, say, what's up? Uh, you know, I'm everywhere. Spotify, YouTube, you can check out the Living Legends uh, album. You can check out the uh, last time I checked mixtape on SoundCloud. You can check out the, my uh, mixtape uh, I just dropped uh, called Nine God. You know, you can just look on Spotify, type in Trill Will. You'll see all type of stuff pop up. Um, shit, my single, It's a Gold to Sit the Scores a few weeks ago. Go show, show support to that, YouTube, uh, True or Will, or you can type in Full Circle Music Group on YouTube. Hey, man, what's up, man? I appreciate y'all. Yeah, Indy Fire, what's up? Shout out to y'all for real. That's what's up. Rick, you shout out? Um, huh? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, I got a couple of shout outs. Of course, shout out, you know, to True Will. Thank you for coming on the show. And giving us your time and your art is truly appreciated. I'm glad we was able to get you on this time and, you know, be able to hear your thoughts. Um, of course, shout out to the greatest host ever, Nakia, my girl. Thank yes, you. Yes, man. Uh, and um, my whole Global Money family and all the supporters who support Global Money Radio, Global Media Blog, everything that I do. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, of course, the whole Indie Fire supporters as well. That's all I got. What about you? Uh, shout out to um, yes for being able to make it uh, on this show this evening. And um, once you're on the show, you're part of the family. So you know we'll be rocking with you most definitely. 
Uh, shout out to the greatest and the best co-host in the world, uh, Coach P. Um, that's about it for me until uh, Saturday, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here. He said, she said, uh, next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll have um, spoken word rap artist King Vega. Um, also, be reminded that it, it, that it is, or be mindful that it is um, October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, make sure that you are you noticing the signs. It's also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So, ladies, make sure you get the tatas checked out. Men, uh, make sure that you're on your woman to uh, go get those mammograms done. Uh, ladies, if your man shows any type of signs of, you know, lumps in his breast or whatever, uh, make sure that you're doing that for him as well, as well as cervical cancer, um, you know, uh, test toxic cancer for men. So it, it doesn't just go one way, you know, it, it goes both ways. So make sure that you're looking out for one another. I do want to leave you with this quote this evening. Music produces a kind of pleasure which human nature cannot do without. That's Confucius. So until next Saturday or this Saturday, uh, have a good night.